Welcome to the LBC Sermon Podcast. This podcast is recorded live at Love Beyond Church in Harveston, Johannesburg, every Sunday at 9am, and may include the sounds of God's creation and our scenic environment. Join us as we press into the heart of God and His will for our lives. Welcome. You know, um, honor 
that we have at the moment is we have a really bad attitude towards honor. And why do we really have a bad attitude towards honor? Is because people in positions of leadership within the body of Christ have actually given honor a very bad name. Because you know, honor doesn't come from a place of manipulation. Honor doesn't come from a place of control. Honor is merely expressing God's love in every situation. You know, the world has a certain level of honor. And this morning, before I forget it, I'm going to ask some of my brothers in Christ from the Disciples Christian Motorcycle Club to come up. I'll tell you when to come up. But I'd just like them to share a little bit about what honor means to them. Because I can tell you, they truly understand what honor means. And I really would like them to share on that. Amen. So, in preparation, it obviously has been a very difficult topic, So, and I, I've got limited time, so I'm not going to read every scripture, and I'm going to get right to the point. But, you know, we find honor is a topic that's discussed throughout the entire Bible, and honor is of great importance to God, and I walk with Him. The dictionary defines honor as honesty, fairness, or integrity in one's beliefs and actions. You see, to honor someone is to hold them in high respect or to treat them with honor. God wants us to honor people that are in authority. God, that's what God's word says. He wants us to honor people that are in authority. But honor goes much further than that. It goes beyond just honoring people in authority. We are to honor all people by treating them with dignity and respect. All people. The Word of God says in 1 Peter 2.17, it says, Honor everyone. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the King. The Bible makes it clear that we are to honor God and give Him glory due to Him forever. Amen. We should honor God in every area of our life. And that is so important. We can't just honor God in certain areas of our life. God wants us to honor Him in every area of our life, our actions and words, our treatment of others, with regards to our physical bodies, money and possessions, marriages. You see, how we honor others is a reflection of how we honor God. I'm going to say that again. How we honor others is a reflection of how we honor God. One thing we can see clearly throughout the scriptures is that when we honor, honor is not just for the benefit of those that we are honoring. When we honor others, God honors us. He honors us for honoring others. In John 12, 26, it says, If anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there will, be my, there will, there will my servant be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. As we honor God, he honors us. But he may not honor us in ways that the world would actually think. You know, the world looks at honor as like wealth, recognition, status. But that might not be the way God honors us. Yes, they're byproducts. They're byproducts. But Jesus is our example of how to honor others. We are to walk as he did. By this we know, the word of God tells us in 1 John 2 verses 5 to 6, by this we may know that we are in him. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked, ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. 
Indeed, if you look at this, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ will be persecuted. <laughs> I mean, we don't want to really hear that. We don't want to hear that. But I can tell you right now, when you're living a life for Christ, you will be persecuted. Persecution will come. Challenges will, will come. But honor is a reward for our righteous living, humility and faithfulness to God. Amen. But we can be confident that God sees our honorable living and will reward us for it in His timing. Proverbs 22.4 says, The reward for humility and fear of the Lord is riches and honor and life. The reward for humility and fear of the Lord is riches and honor and life. So, what is the basis for honor? Why do we honor people? Why should we honor people? Okay? First of all, we honor due to the fact that God created us in His image. Amen. God created all of us in His image. Regardless of whether that person is a believer or not, that person has been created in God's image. Secondly, we honor because God valued us enough to send His Son to the cross. Come on. That's, that is, God sent His Son to the cross. Then we honor based on office. <coughs> A family office, civil social office, church office. And after all that, and only after all of that, we honor based on performance and ability. You know, it's a privilege to recognize that everyone has been made in the image of God. I mean, that really changes your mindset. Everyone deserves honor because of at least two things. They've been made in God's image, and God has given them gifts, graces, and abilities. Each and every one of you sitting here, each and every one that's out there who doesn't know Jesus, okay, has been created in God's image, image and has abilities, has gifts, which should be cherished. Amen. To receive someone into our lives is to recognize the gift that person has and acknowledge the way the Holy Spirit works through him or, through him or her. This is itself an act of honor. This is an act of honor. You see, the way we receive people, and this is so powerful, and this is something that you find so lacking in leadership and you find so lacking in the body of Christ. Is that the way we receive people that is acknowledged who they are and the gifts they have will also determine the deposit they will be able to make into our lives. You know, if you don't respect someone, if you don't honor someone, you're not going to be able to receive from them. And that is, that is so powerful. And I can tell you right now, if you're sitting in a church, even if you're sitting here and you do not honor your leadership, you do not honor then I suggest move somewhere else because you're not going to be able to receive. It's, it's powerful that, but it's the truth. I mean, I can speak from that. I've, been, I've sat before in the past, we've sat in places and we actually, in retrospect, we reached a place where we weren't honoring and we weren't respecting. And if you don't honor and respect, the best thing you can do is then move on. You see, I wonder how many believers... How many people around us, both believers and, and, and pre-believers, let's call them pre-believers because we trust God that they're all going to come to Jesus, have something to contribute to our lives. But we miss it because we cannot see God in them. You know, we're so busy looking for the super spiritual. But listen, I can tell you, I've learned stuff and godly stuff from people that aren't even believers yet. So we need to open our hearts to be able to receive from people because God created those people like that in His image and they will come to know Jesus 
but we need to be able to receive from them. Because have you ever thought that God is using those people to talk to us? You know, I, my, my, um, I was brought up with a mentally retarded cousin. Um, he's gone home to be the Lord. With, he's gone home to be with the Lord. Um, and I was at his deathbed. But, you know, I grew up with Michael and he had sort of kind of funny eyes and he could talk quite well, but he couldn't read or write. He had the sort of intellect of, I would say, probably an 11-year-old. And um, which obviously became a problem as he got older. So needless to say, growing up, I got into a lot of fights <laughs> because um, people would tease him, mock him, and, and really you know, wouldn't be very kind to him in any way whatsoever. But the points I'm really making out of all of this, you know, I, I learned so much from him. He taught me what it was like just to care about people and to love them because he just loved them without agendas. He just loved them. And, and it, was so, it was so awesome. It was so awesome. You see, it can be very challenging for us when we deal with the unconverted. We tend to sort of to be unable to see beyond the unconverted state. Yeah. We kind of can't see beyond that, which keeps many of us from benefiting from the grace of God on their lives. So, at Love Beyond Church, what I really have in my heart and what the Lord's been pressing into me is, it's fundamental that we do love beyond words. And that we do love beyond church. That's where the name comes from. Because it doesn't help to sit in church and be a blessmaker. We have to love beyond church. We have to go out there and we need to love the people that are unlovely. That's what, that's what love beyond is. So a culture of honor celebrates who a person is without stumbling over who they are not. I'm going to say that again. A culture of honor celebrates who a person is without stumbling over who they are not. See, we honor people for three reasons. And I keep repeating this, but I'm going, to, I'm going to repeat it a couple of times before I finish this morning. They are made in the image of God. They have gifts planted in them by God. And the presence of God rests upon them. Everyone is worthy of at least the first two. And this is very powerful. A culture of honor, which we are wanting to press into as Love Beyond Church, is developed as a fruit of a prophetic culture, a culture of encouragement. You see, when you see people as God sees them, even though they're not like that, that is what a prophetic culture is. A prophetic culture sees people the way God sees them. So basically you're seeing them as how they are going to be, not as how they are. That is, I mean, that is, that, is, that is very, very, very true and very powerful. You see, what we can do is when we do that, we're able to discern and call out the gold hidden deep in broken people. In Isaiah 61, it says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon us to heal the brokenhearted. When we discern and call out the gold in people, we establish the foundation of honor. That is, I'm going to repeat that again. When we discern and call out the gold in people, we establish the foundation of honor. You see, honor cannot be trans established, truly established on a foundation of just being nice to each other. No. Honor is not about mere niceness, if there's such a word. Mere niceness cannot survive the reality of human brokenness. 
We must have a supernatural, prophetic discernment to call out the golden people. Because I tell you what, if it's just about being nice, believe me, and you're not actually allowing the supernatural empowerment of God to work in and through you, you are not going to be able to be continue being nice to people. You'll only be nice to people as long as they're nice to you. And that is not the one it is. You see, honor is given on the basis of who people are, not what they've earned or even what they need. Every person you encounter is one Christ has honored in his life, death, and resurrection. See, the person may not know who he really is from an internal standpoint, but we do. Come on, that's what we need to know. If you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you know, you know that that person has Jesus waiting for him. And we need to treat them like that. We need to treat them as special, someone in the image. You know, it'll change how we talk to people. It'll change how we treat people when we actually realize that they are the creation of the Almighty God, created in His image. Amen. See, honor is one of the most vital core values for creating a safe place where people can be free. If you want true freedom, you need to exercise honor. Honor protects the value that people have for those who are different to us. Come on. God tells us you've been fearfully and wonderfully made. Why do we want people to look like us? They must look like who God's created them to look like. Let them be who God's created them to be. But we need to recognize that in them. We need to go after that. We need to pull out that gold out of them as a prophetic culture within the body of Christ. You see, we need to show honor with thoughts, words, and deeds. See, we can't just, you know, it, it says this. We must, in the Word of God, it says this. We must honor with our hearts and not just our lips. In fact, the Word of God says, these people honor me with their lips. But their heart is far from me. See, once again, that's why it says honor is more than just being nice. Honoring someone is very difficult when you feel they don't deserve it. Come on. Uh, let's be real here. Hey, believe me, how many times do you just want to give the guy a fivefold ministry? You get like a clap because you're going, listen, come on. I don't want to be nice to you because you're an idiot. Forgive me, Lord, for saying that. <laughs> See, developing a culture of honor requires more than lip service. We must get in our, it in our heart through a revelation of God's will for us. It's God's will for us and His love for others. That's what honor is about. It's God's will and it's His love for others. You see, otherwise, our kindness is just merely patronizing. And what is patronizing? It's to treat with an apparent kindness. That portrays, a, that portrays a feeling of superiority. Yeah. I don't know how many of you come across that. Yeah. That patronizing spirit. Oh, my brother. Oh, you know. What a nice... Uh, and you're going, I know you've been condescending. I know you've been disdainful. I know you've been supercilious, superior, contemptuous. You know what I mean? Like, for example, you know, some of you have experienced it when, for example, maybe a mother-in-law has said to you, how adequate your dress is. <laughs> you know, or 
It's a retreat's okay. But yeah, he doesn't look great to me. No, but anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> tough, brother. Um, but yes, you know, it's it's key to understand that that honor is not about being nice and it's not about being patronizing. You see, we can no longer in the body of Christ, in the church, in this time, we cannot continue to be tolerant of disrespect. We can't tolerate mockery anymore. And making fun of people. I mean, how is it acceptable in the body of Christ? How is it acceptable amongst brothers and sisters in Christ? If you truly understand honor, how is it acceptable to be mockery, mocking your brother and sister? To be disdainful towards your brother and sister? To be speaking behind, about them behind their backs? To be putting them down? That is not honor. That is not honor. You know, arrogance is not honor. And there's a big difference between arrogance and confidence. Arrogance put, uh, puts others down to lift ourselves up. You see, confidence is rooted in a balanced self-awareness that does not need to subjugate, to push others down in order to lift ourselves up. Confidence is rooted in true humility. You see, when we know who we are in Christ, we are confident. But God says, humble yourself and I will exalt you. We don't have to be prideful. We don't have to push people down. Why? Because if God is for us, who can be against us? God will make a way where there seems to be no way. God will promote you. God will take care of you. We don't have to push. That's the way of the world, man. It stands on people to get where they want to get. But we need to be different in the church. You know, Proverbs 22 says this. 22.10 says this. It says, drive out a scoffer. And strife will go out, and quarreling and abuse will cease. So what are scoffers? Scoffers are disrespectful people. They dishonor others. They are insecure because they need to belittle people. I don't know how many people you've come across like that, where they feel the need to actually be, you know, and they actually belittle, and they make other people feel small in order that they can appear bigger. See, scoffers make light of people. But we shouldn't be doing that because honor means to give people weight. Honor means, brother, I think more highly about you than I do myself. That is what honor is about. It's like weighing gold or silver. Your worth, your weight in gold. Scoffers reduce people's status in the eyes of others. I mean, come on. How rough is that? I'm not trying to hit the church. I love the church. We are the church. But we've got to stop that. And we've got to be different. We should not be putting other people down to make ourselves look better. We shouldn't be reducing other people. Because you know what? That's theft. You're stealing people's reputation. Honoring people elevates their esteem in the eyes of others. When you honor people, you will make sure that they are seen more highly in the eyes of other people. God blesses houses of honor. Amen. Amen. And that's why we want Love Beyond Church to be a, a house of honor. Amen. See, when, when he sees a house, a home, a husband and wife, that, he sees a husband and wife that are respecting each other and honoring one another, I believe that God then pours out honor on that house. When God sees a church 
And this is our prayer for Love Beyond Church. When God sees a church where the elders, the pastor, the board, the members are respecting, oh, sorry, are respecting and honoring one another, I believe that God will bless this church and will continue to bless it. See, in Love Beyond Church, we want to build a culture of honor. But how do we build a culture of honor? And what does a culture of honor look like? And I'm just going to close with six points. Look, there's more than six points, but just six things the Lord laid in my heart, on my heart, with regards to how do we build a culture of honor so that God will bless this house. You see, we need to honor people when they don't deserve it. Point one. Honor people when they don't deserve it and despite their inadequacies. I mean, this is tough. Because it's in our human nature. We respect someone if they respect us. But if they don't respect us, we don't respect them. And in looking at this, I, I actually was taken to the relationship between young David and King Saul from the Bible. I mean, this, this relationship illustrates this point. I mean, as you know the story at the time, King Saul became very envious. He became very jealous of of, of young David, of King, of, of King David, yes, of young David. So much that Saul started to pursue him. He was hunting him down. He was trying to kill him. I mean, David was on the run. He was like sleeping in caves, hiding away, and all that. Armies were sent to kill him because he was so envious of this young upstart leader. But God flipped the script. And he delivered King Saul into David's hands. Not once, but twice. Do you know that? God delivered Saul into David's hands. It does this. So what did David do? And this is powerful. Please, by the Spirit of God, catch this. David chose to honor Saul and not kill him. Even though he could. And the reality is probably he should have killed Saul. But he decided not to. He chose not to do so because he wanted to honor the Lord. And he didn't want to dishonor who the Lord had appointed as a king. I mean, this is such an, ex such an excellent illustration for us today. To think about honoring people when they don't deserve it. But that's a very, very key thing. Because David honored the Lord, and he actually honored Saul. Don't forget, he honored Saul, who was trying to kill him. God bestowed honor on David's life. On his lineage. Okay? So when you look at the house of David and the lineage of David, what do we find in the lineage of David? We find Jesus. So God blessed the house of David as he honored King Saul and chose not to kill him. And that is very important for us to understand this principle. It's a difficult principle to grasp. But when we actually bestow honor and when we honor people, even though we they don't deserve it, and in fact, we should just be killing them. <laughs> God will honor us. He will bring honor to us and upon our house and upon our family. Amen. <coughs> so, as a leader, and, you know, and when I say leader, you must remember, and I want you to remember this in this context we're all leaders because we all lead something. 
you know, we're either leading our, our, at home or we're leading people in the sense that we might be mentoring, we might be discipling, we might, there's always an element of leadership in our lives. So, this is what we need to do in order to, we need to start honoring people even though they, even though they don't deserve it. Slow chilling. I'll continue. Um, so, point two. Make allowances for one another's faults. In Colossians 3, verses 12 to 13, it says this. Since God chose to be chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourself with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for one another's faults and forgive one another who offends you. Make allowances for one another's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you so you must forgive others. I mean, we forget that. Think about how much we've been forgiven. Man. I don't know about you, but I've got a lot to thank God because He's forgiven me a lot. I mean, this is very challenging. But we, make, we need to make more room for people when they blow it or make a mistake. Do you know what I'm saying? Boy, we, we quit to be a judge of other people when they make mistakes. Don't aren't we? Boy, we wanna we wanna we wanna bring that sentence down. And we kind of forget that um, you know, think about all the grace that's been exercised in our life. And if we want people to do the same for us, then maybe we should do what we should actually extend the same grace to other people. We need to make more space. And to give grace and forgive people when they blow it. And, and as we do that, we're honoring them. You see, that is a principle of honor. We are honoring them. And hopefully in return, when we blow it, when we mess up, they'll honor us. And that's something we need to think about. Point three, in terms of creating a culture of honor, is we need to be the first and be quick be first and be quick to apologize. Oh boy. Have I wrestled with this in my life? I mean, who? I don't know about any of you here, but I don't really like to apologize. Who does? <laughs> no one really likes to go to someone and go, oh, you know, I'm terribly sorry. But I realized that story with my wife. The Lord said to me, he said, just, it doesn't matter who's right or wrong, just apologize. Happy wife, happy life. But the truth is, when you actually do that, you actually are, you're honoring them. <laughs> so we've got to be very, very quick to apologize. So when we're in a confrontation or conflict, we always want the other person to go first. It's kind of, you sit there. Hmm. Oh, I guess they come and apologize to me. Yeah, no, it doesn't work like that. What we need to do, if we're going to work, walk in honor, is that we need to go first. You know, Matthew 7 verse 5 says, you hypocrite. First take the plank out of your eye, and then you'll see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. You know, we're so very quick to see other people's faults. You know, it's like this. When I pointed you, there's three fingers pointing back. You know, I mean, let's not be so quick to judge and point fingers at other people. You know, we all sin and fall short of the glory of God. We all make mistakes, and it's but for God's grace. Amen. And as we grow in Christ, we make less mistakes by His grace. 
Like you still make mistakes. Uh, this is a, also a very difficult one because of the abuse, and I'm not going to go into it in too much detail today. Um, because, you know, let's be honest, you know, within the body of Christ, we also have a situation where leaders have abused their authority, have abused their positions of power, have manipulated, have controlled, and their behavior hasn't really been godly. But a very important part of creating a culture of um, honor is to have respect for your senior pastor and those in leadership. And this applies not just to the church, but it applies wherever you are. And if you're in business, you know, respect your leadership. You see, because when we understand this, it's not about behavior. It's about who God has placed in authority. And if they're not meant to be there, God will remove them. But while they're there, respect them and honor them. Because if you don't, you're not walking in honor. A tough one. Especially when you're the pastor standing up and saying that. But um, there's a flip side to that. And that's point five. You know, as in leadership, we need to over-deliver as well. And that's, we need to go, when we're leading people, we need to go beyond their expectations. We need to, when we're serving people, because you see, if you really look at, at, at godly leadership, godly leadership is not about, it doesn't work from the top down. It's, it's, it's really a circle, because no one's higher than anyone else. Because we're submitting one to another, we're Christing each other. And that's, that's a key thing to remember, is that, you know, you need to make sure that you're serving your people and you're serving them well. And more importantly, that we're serving one another in Christ. And we actually need to over-deliver. So what does it mean to over-deliver? Okay, so when you've got someone that is actually going through a serious problem or they're actually struggling, they're going through a difficult time. I mean, let's be honest, we don't have to look far these days to actually experience people that are going through difficult times. Am I right? People are going through stuff. People go through stuff. We all go through stuff. And you know what? This is an excellent opportunity for you to over-deliver. So how do we actually go, how can we actually over-deliver to people? You know, it's, it's to care for them, to love them in a very unique and special way. Go, go beyond, go beyond, go beyond. Now when you see, don't apply lip service. When you see someone going through stuff, don't sit back. You know, there's nothing worse than that past. Oh, my brother, hallelujah, I'll pray for you, brother. Yeah, that's great. That's awesome. We're meant to pray for each other. But you also need to be there and help. Don't, tell, don't say you honor your brother or your sister if you're not going to walk that walk with them. If you're not going to be there for them, if you're not going to step in and actually, which is also very uncomfortable, but we have to be stretched. And we have to be there. We need to walk with them. We need to be with them. We need to make sure that we are helping them in whatever way we can help them. That is showing them the love of Christ. Amen. You see, when someone you know is at their worst, I want you to be at your best for them. This is the way we over-deliver. Don't worry about their behavior, because if we base our, our actions on their behavior, 
we're not going to be walking in honor. See, once again, I want to go back to the fact that honor is, is really just a byproduct of walking in love. Because if we walk in love, we're going to honor. And the love we're talking about is more than just phileo, which is brotherly love. We're going, this is a higher level of love. This is agape, the God kind of love, which enables us to look beyond anything, any behaviors, anything. And we say, you know what, I can see Christ in you. I can see the image of God in you. Therefore, I'm actually going to love you that way. I'm not going to want to slap you. Because sometimes you feel like me. Okay. Point six. And this is uh, also a tough one. A bit of an arch one. But in order to create a culture of honor, we need to stop dishonoring people on social media. Ow. See, this is a very tough one. And we've all been guilty of it. So this is not this is not a judgment of anyone. You know, if I had a big megaphone, <laughs> one of those wool megaphones, then I could actually do it to the church. I'd be shouting out, hey Christians, stop dishonoring people on social media. Especially those you don't know. Oh, come on, man. You're busy dishonoring people. I'm not you. I'm saying what people do is they're dishonoring people. Sorry, my apologies for that. But you know what I'm saying? Not love beyond church. But what I'm saying is that we've got to stop that, man. We've got to stop doing that. You know, we, we, we're in there and it's like, boom, and we're wanting to, like, suddenly we need to justify and we need to argue about some doctrinal thing and we're busy calling each other bah, bah, backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards. Yo. The Apostle Paul wrote words, Apostle Paul's words from a letter he wrote to Timothy, which he was a young pastor, he writes this. Remind them of these things and solemnly charge them in the presence of God not to wrangle about words. Paul goes on to state this, he says, which is useless and leads to the ruin of the hearers. You see, now this is the thing. As, as believers, we actually are called to a higher standard. Because now what happens is, you on that Facebook page, I don't know who's watching you and people are well, you like in there and you're busy slating this and you're arguing about this and it's really getting heated and debated. Um, I mean, you've all been all seen that, you see what goes on. And then you're walking along the road and you see somebody coming down the road that you know and the Holy Spirit lays in your heart for you to go and share the gospel with them. Tell them about Jesus. Oh, do I have you? Tell them about Jesus. But what you don't know is that that person has been watching what you've been posting on social media. And um, how you've been arguing with people on social media. And suddenly they have ears that don't hear. You see, it's your witness. They go, but you're telling me about this Jesus that, uh, ah, that, that you were doing on social media didn't, but I don't really want to be. Uh, part of Jesus, you know. So another way to translate this to you, what, what um, Paul was saying, the Apostle Paul was saying, is that you're ruining your witness when you wrangle with words on social media. You know, as followers of Jesus, we need to stop angling with words and stop arguing and dishonoring people on social media. We've got to stop it. You know, and it's... It, and I understand it's hard because, you know, sometimes 
you're trying to, it, 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 you're hurting and you just want to actually be able to, to get it out there and actually say what you need to say because the person's not listening to you. But you know what? That, you need to stop that because that's not honor. God will deal with the person. Amen. 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 God will deal with the person. Just We just continue to honor. Because once again, it's not based on behavior. It's based on the fact that who they are in Christ, that they are created in His image. You see, we should rather use social media as a platform to express what God has done in our lives and the grace that He's shown us. Let's rather use it for that. I mean, because it's such a wonderful platform to do that. I mean, rather just post stuff that exhorts, encourages, and edifies, you know, that tells people about Jesus. Stay away from, you know, useless wranglings and arguments and that don't really sort of express Jesus and the love of Christ to anyone. And here's another one which is very important, my last point for today. And this has just been a foundation in the series on honor. Is because um, obviously next week we'll continue. And what I'm going to do from next week is we're going to look at the different elements of honor. And how you honor God, how you honor your parents, how you honor your wife, how you honor your children. I, so we're going to be going through all that over the next two weeks. So my last point, point seven, is we need to submit to one another based on gifting and not just position. And this is a very, very, very powerful truth that needs to be taken within the body of Christ. You know, in the body of Christ as a leader, you need to let people do what they do best, where the gifting is. Because first of all, the Word of God tells us we need to let the gifts flow freely. Right? So the gifts need to operate. So everybody needs to operate according to their gifting. Now, it's like me trying to control the music. Um, and I go to Pastor Andre and I say, listen, Pastor Andre. You know, um, really, I think you should be playing guitar like this. Uh, by the way, Janine, um, your, uh, let me teach you about how to play the keyboards. Uh, the fact that I'm tone deaf is a whole different story. But the point I'm trying to make is I need to submit to the gift in them. So whatever your gifts are that you have, I need to submit to those gifts. Because that's how it should work. Now the person who is the most gifted to do what they should be doing, that is creating a culture of honor. That's creating a culture of honor. You know, we need to go and say, I want you to, fine, I want you to lead the team because this is your thing. I know that you're good at it. I know that you know how to do the sound. I know that you know how to do this. Um, and you know what? Then empower people. You know? Because the truth is this. If you're going to tell people to do stuff, then let them do it and empower them to do it. Don't have a situation where, oh, you're on a, okay, no, well, no. You're micro, trying to micromanage the process, but you don't even know how to do it. Expect the gift that the person has. Let them do it. Make them accountable for it. Make them responsible for it. Amen. And if they, if they, if they miss it, then what do you do? You exercise grace. You talk about it. You deal with it. You sort it out. You move forward. Amen. You see, when we do that, we create an environment where people would love to be there. People feel empowered. And this is a key way that we build a house of honor. When we allow people to be empowered and to flow freely in the gifts that God has given them and created them for. 
You know, God's told us we've all been fearfully and wonderfully made. We're all unique. Each and every one of you sitting here, by way of the feed, you've been created with a God-given purpose, a unique gift that only you can bring. I cannot be you. You cannot be me. So in that way, we can celebrate our difference. And in that way, this is what kingdom's about. Kingdom's about us coming together to glorify Jesus. By us all coming together is how people see Jesus. If it's just one man, they'll never see Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I just want to close in prayer. And then um, if there's anybody that I'm going to call... Uh, Yes, sorry, sorry, I'm not closing in prayer. Before I even close in prayer, hallelujah, thank you. See, that's why, hallelujah for gifts. gifts. I would like my brothers from the Disciple Christian Motorcycle Club, please come forward. If you don't mind. All of you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You find space. Hey, my brother. Hallelujah. Please, thanks. All right. Hey, my brother. Okay, so what, uh, thank you very much for indulging me on this. Thank you. Okay, so what I'd just like to do is I'd like um, you guys, as you let, but I'd like you just to, each one of you just to share what honor means to you. What it means to be a brother. What does it mean to you as disciple Christian motorcycle club? How do you actually live what I've actually was ministering on this morning? Are you okay to do that? Yeah. I'm sure. Praise God. Hmm? Yeah. Is Grandfather Niefer? Hello, everybody. Um, so you've all heard about honor amongst thieves, right? <laughs> We're not going to talk about that today. Um, you know, Everything that Eric said, you know, he said to me, uh, when was it on Monday, that you wanted me to maybe say something about this. And um, it's either going to be a minute or an hour. <laughs> all right. Because you've got honor for all the wrong reasons. You've got honor for all the right reasons. And then you've got this spiritual honor, which is the highest honor that anybody can have. And that is your seat in heaven. Come on. So if you're going to honor anybody else, there is only one way to do it, and that is to point them in the direction of that seat in heaven. Come on. All right. So when it comes to a biblical brotherhood, okay, there is such a thing, and there's a couple of awesome ones in the Bible. How does a couple of hundred alpha males, 23 denominations, how many? We've got 23, 27 denominations in the club. We're all alpha males. We're from different cultures, different languages. We get together, and we're on the same mission right we've got oaks that think smoking will mess with your walk in heaven and we've got guys that want to smoke yeah. how do you reconcile all of that and honor is a big thing there so when i started this club or started pursuing membership for this club honor for me wasn't a big deal there's a whole bunch of stuff that we earn and every single piece of cotton you see here has a story and it has a meaning and it's a very significant thing so you learn you learn to re respect the cotton and you respect the rank and this is honorable behavior but it's not necessarily from the right place my motives for respecting these pieces of cotton might not have been because i love the guy carrying them but it's because i want my own cotton 
So this is now honor for not necessarily the right reasons. Then you've got honor for the right reasons, and that is people that live right. Like, I honor you for the right reasons. In my mind, Eric, you are living it, walking it, and so are these great guys here. And then you've got this biblical honor. Biblical honor is not a flesh soul thing. It is a spiritual thing, and it is a decision. It's like loving your wife every day for the rest of your life. Come on. You can switch that love on. You can switch that love off. You did not fall in love with your wife. You chose her. You wake up every single day and you choose your wife for the rest of your life. Come that on. is how you honor your wife. Amen. Honor works exactly the same way. It's not something that you can train for. It's not something that you can practice. It's a decision. Amen. So what happens in a biblical brotherhood? We get a bunch of guys together. We decide, I see the call in your life. I am going to hold you accountable. And I'm going to push you towards that call no matter what, even if it messes up our relationship. Because the honor is more important than the friendship. Because at the end of the day, this guy might be doing something that's going to trip him up. And me correcting him might break our friendship. Yes. Do I not do it? Which is more important? Are you steering people to their place in heaven? Or are you running around in the flesh trying to be friendly, trying to make buddies and trying to do things the right way? So for every single thing in the Bible that we do with regards to reading the word, with regards to love, with regards to sowing, with regards to the law, there is an earthly plane, which is the brain, and there's a higher standard, which is the spirit. You've got to make these decisions in the spirit. Um, I don't know if that was longer than a minute, but it took me two years to figure this out. So if you want a long story, please, I'm happy to have a coffee with anybody. Oh, thank you, G. You said it all. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's not a lot left to to say. Um, for for me, it is just love and love and love them some more and Amen. then love them some more. <laughs> Come on. Because there's there's pers pers personalities that um, that clashes. Um, some 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 sometimes and um, and the, if you love enough um, love overcomes everything so yeah that's from me you guys yes from my side i think um i've listened to graham and and we all live by the same thing and and i think i'm going to sum it up in just a couple of words for me it's love god love people and teach others to do the same. And, 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 and that is what it's all about. You know, we've got egos and we've got all those lo lovely stuff. But if you, if you stick to, to those basic lines, love God, love people, teach others to do the same, it always brings you back to what God has made us to do. Amen. So that's for my side. Praise God. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we're not long-winded. <laughs> <laughs> we all sit on Tuesday nights. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, bless you guys. Well, hallelujah. Let's give them a big... Well, thank you so much. Bless you guys. Thank you so much, brother. Bless you guys. Thank you. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Father, we just thank you. It's only closing prayer. Bless you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we just want to thank you for who you are. 
Father, we want to thank you, Lord, that you are a God that blesses the house of honor. Father, I want to thank you that at Love Beyond Church, that we have the opportunity to create a culture of respect. I thank you, Father God, that, that our hope and prayer and belief is that when you look down and see this house, Love Beyond Church, you will see a house where honor is present, Lord. I thank you, Father God, that that you place your hand upon this house and every person in this house, Father, and that you bless this place. Father, I thank you, Lord, that I love you on church as leaders, that we will honor each and every person I thank you, Father, that honor is about to become the part of the fabric of Love Beyond Church and our culture. So, Father, I just pray your blessing on each and every single person that's here today, Father. Father, we honor them. We respect them. We value them, Father, for who you've created them to be. Father, we see the gold in each and every person, Father. We honor them, Lord. And we give you all the glory and all the honor. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.